Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. In and around December of 2019, I became aware of a video that had been appearing in several Taekwondo and martial arts forums and was the subject of some controversy over its title and perhaps its content. That video was entitled, Why I Quit Taekwondo. And it was posted by Andrew Merzwa, Sensei Ando, as he is known. He is a longtime martial arts practitioner, a Taekwondo black belt, a teacher, a videographer, a podcaster, and an all-around perpetuator of the belief that martial arts is a path to a happy life. After reading the comments, after viewing the video myself several times, I found that I had questions. And I felt that the best way to deal with those questions, rather than simply talking to others about the video, although I was interested in what others thought of it, was to speak to Sensei Ando myself. I contacted him through one of his forums, and he immediately replied. He was congenial and inviting, and as I say in this interview, he agreed to come on our show without any precondition, without viewing any of the questions first, without any limitations on the subject matter or the topics. I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed the opportunity to be able to understand better his thoughts in making the video. And I enjoyed hearing his perspective as a lifelong martial arts. Those of you that know me know that, and have certainly those that have listened to the show, know that I love Taekwondo. I love Taekwondo for what it has given me, what it has given my family. I love Taekwondo for the community it's connected me with. And I love Taekwondo for its respect for tradition, for its respect for hard work and accomplishment, and its respect for one another. I believe that despite the fact that Sensei Ando's video is called Why I Quit Taekwondo, I believe that he shares the same basic tenets and beliefs as most of the traditional martial artists that I have ever met. I would love to hear your comments and your feedback on this episode and on his video, and I thank him for talking to our audience. Today on our phones, we are speaking with Sensei Andrew uh, Merzwa, or Ando as his friends call him, and, and as he's known on his uh, website, and I know through his students as Sensei and Ando. Ando, thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm absolutely honored. Uh, thank you very much for having me, sir. Very good. So, so as, as we talked a little bit um, in, in the prior to this call, 
Um, one of the reasons that I had wanted to speak to you is I, I, I came upon you from, uh, you have a series of uh, videos that you post and a, a highly successful uh, YouTube channel um, under your name. And you had posted a video in December called Why I Quit Taekwondo. And uh, it raised a number of questions and a number of issues and a lot of discussion in some Taekwondo forums. And I wanted to give an opportunity to talk about that. But before we did that, I wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us about how you got started in martial arts practice and a little bit about your journey. Sure. Well, I hope not to bore anyone, but uh, basically, um, yeah, my name's Ando, and um, I come from Buffalo, New York. Um, I was a, a lost teenager <laughs> and uh, saw something in Bruce Lee, uh, like many before me. Uh, I said, wow, I like that guy's confidence. I like the way he holds himself. What's he doing? So I got myself some of those uh, Bruce Lee fighting method books and the Tao Jeet Kune Do and uh, for a couple of years set up shop in my garage, put up a heavy bag, got some friends to come over when I could and uh, try to do it by myself. And at some point I realized, hey, there's a lot to learn and I can't learn it all here in this garage. So I went out looking for a school and um, at the time, uh, I didn't know much about any other style, and I did sign up at a Taekwondo program. And um, I stayed there for uh, four years till 1993, um, and it changed my life. So right off the bat, uh, as I say in the video, uh, I'm not bashing Taekwondo. Um, I had a great experience there as a, as a person. My character changed in many uh, profound ways. Um, but once I moved out to Los Angeles and I had the opportunity to look around for uh, new adventures, uh, I knew what I liked about Taekwondo. I knew what um, I didn't particularly care for. And uh, I was able to make different choices and I found myself not uh, continuing Taekwondo. Uh, so I did continue on in the uh, style of Kung Fu that I'm still practicing today, uh, low these many years later. And uh, I've also been doing BJJ for the last 10 years and got into some Sistema in the last four years. So, uh, yeah, I love all martial arts, and uh, as I've gotten older, because martial arts has continue, continually changed my life, um, I'm just on a mission now to change other people's lives. Anything I can share to help someone else uh, find the same kinds of discoveries that uh, I found, um, I would die a happy man if I can just share what has been helpful to me. Well, that's great. That's great, and I, and I do appreciate that. And then looking at your platform and looking at your videos and, and, and the stuff you post, I see that it is all very positive, very upbeat stuff, very helpful stuff. I hope so. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, I want to unpack some of this, and then I want to get into the other part of the discussion. Tell me what is Happy Life uh, Martial Arts? Is that the name of your dojang? Is that the name of, of, of uh, your particular platform? Is that separate from... Uh, you're teaching or is it part of uh, something that's larger that's yeah that's uh, that's where I'm heading that's my mission um, the uh, I always like to tell people that you know martial arts should serve you you shouldn't serve martial arts and the big project is to have a happy life to be who you are to feel comfortable in your own skin stand up for what you believe in fight the good fight um, so it's a bigger project than just being I'm a tough guy um, you know or getting into shape those are great goals, but those are only plat pieces of a bigger project. I just want to be happy. So, uh, but you have to fight for that. It's not something given to you. That's something that takes a lot of work. And um, so that's kind of the broader mission. So uh, early on, I didn't know much about how to set up websites or what I should do or branding and all these types of, <laughs> types of ideas. Sure. But uh, as I went along, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not about me. It's about 
the sharing. It's about the big mission. And I, I just want to have a, I want a happy life. And I'm sharing ways that I think will help other people have happy lives. And um, so, yeah, that's the bigger platform. That's the, that's the direction I'm heading. I, I just am not very tech savvy. I would have changed the website name a long time ago from Sensei Ando to Happy Life Martial Arts or Fight for a Happy Life, something like that. I have those domains. I'm still trying to figure out how to not get penalized by Google. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Sure. <laughs> that's great. That, that's great. I, and I appreciate the explanation. So tell me about when you are, because again, I, I think we're, we're uh, your, your story, your journey, and, and uh, age-wise, we're probably um, contemporaries. When you got involved in, and I always like, um, I'm curious, uh, when you got involved in martial arts uh, originally in terms of uh, choosing the, the style and the location, was that more a product of, because again, you said you were a fan of Bruce Lee, as certainly all of us were, um, mm-hmm. but the availability perhaps of, of Kung Fu schools or, or Jeet Kune Do schools or things of that nature were not necessarily so prevalent. Was your um, decision to train in, in Taekwondo, and I believe you, uh, in ITF Taekwondo, a mm-hmm. product simply of what was the, where was the nearest uh, dojang, or was, it, or was there some other uh, factor that was involved in, in doing that? Or was it geographic, or, or was it related to personal relationship or studying, mm-hmm. or, or you know, how did they, how did you come to that decision? Well, I would say that I never really saw Bruce Lee as a kung fu guy because I was the first books I had on him was the Tao Chi Kundo. So right off the bat, he was saying, "Don't worry about style." So even though uh, he had the Wing Chun background, I never went looking for a Wing Chun school that wasn't really represented. If you look at those series of uh, the Bruce Lee Fighting Method books, that's how I got started. Um, that wasn't like a kung fu. Uh, tribute. It was just, hey, here's how you punch. Hey, here's how you kick. Hey, let's fight. Let's make it practical. Let's right. make it real. So um, I really didn't care about any style at that point. So honestly, when I went out looking for a school, like I said, I, I wasn't looking for a style. Um, the, the, the place that I eventually found uh, had multiple disciplines in it, which was I thought a kind of a good thing, like, oh, that's very Bruce Lee-like. There's more than one style in this school sharing a space. And they had, literally, they had a heavy bag, which I'd known from my garage, and they had a weight set. I thought, oh, good, well, even if this whole thing is a bust, at least I can, as a member here, lift weights, hit the bag, and I can learn something from these classes, and that would be great, too. So, uh, yeah, it was really just more practical of, uh, oh, I'm familiar with a couple of the things here, weights, a heavy bag, and if, hey, if you guys tell me that I can kick and punch a little bit too, let's see how this goes. And so that's why, how we got into Taekwondo. So in getting into that, into that program, in, in terms of the things that, that, that led you there, did mm-hmm. you have any understanding, as, as many of us, certainly in, the, in those days, because even the term Taekwondo wasn't really widely used in, in, in many places. Many places right. are still using Korean karate or karate generally. Did you have any understanding of what Taekwondo was or what the distinction was between Taekwondo and other things or, or not really no. until, you, until you sort of took your journey? Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I had no idea. It was just, uh, it could, they could have called it anything. It could have been spaghetti foo. I, I, I would have had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And I, and I felt the same way. I mean, I think going into it at, at the time, uh, mine was a decision that was, that was led more by the fact that I had an older brother that had studied um, Taekwondo, uh-huh. and it was more about the reputation of the place that I studied and the people that were there. But uh, y- y- from my perspective, it was martial arts. It didn't, I didn't really fully understand any of the distinctions, particularly no. the geographic distinctions. Uh, you know, what comes from Korea, what comes from Japan, right. any, of the, any, any of those things until yeah. much later on. Exactly so, right. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> so, so you you got involved and you stayed there for four years. You got your black belt. Mm-hmm. So certainly that is a product of the fact that 
you 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 were committed to the journey and there was something that connected with you in in that in environment so tell me about what it was about either the taekwondo training or 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 the community that um excited interested you and kept you engaged during that time period on your journey to black belt or was sure. it simply just self-determination that hey i'm gonna i'm gonna get this black belt and before i can conceive of doing anything else that's that's my mission well, tell me about that journey Sure. Well, I am a little obsessive compulsive. So once I start something, I like to at least keep going, at least to that first milestone. I mean, sure. first degree is not, it's not certainly not the end of the road. But um, at that time, I was like, okay, well, to get a black belt, I guess that means something. So let me, let me stick this out. Um, but like you said, I like the, threw the word community in there. That is important. Um, and that you talked about your older brother's school, about the reputation and the people that were there. So clearly, I think you understand that there's it's much more than about the style. It's about who am I with and what's the experience? Who am I with during this experience? And so again, I, my, my issues ultimately in making the video were with the curriculum. It was with like just the way the school was organized. It had nothing to do with the people there. I, I loved my instructor um, uh, and the assistant instructors. And uh, again, it changed my life and I have nothing but great memories of um, the, the changes that I went through, even though some were kind of uh, you know, traumatic. Um, cause like I said, I was a younger guy and, um, sure. you know, I had a divorced home, maybe looking for father figures and maybe it was a little cocky and a little bit of a jerk. And I admit that. Um, and so Taekwondo was the place where I had these new male, uh, authoritarian figures demanding respect of me. I had to stand up straight, look them in the eye, say, yes, sir. Even if I thought they were being uh, if their stories were a little crazy or if I thought it was being unreasonable or they were picking on me and what do you mean my ankle's not at the right angle and having to go through those issues just as a, as a younger guy to kind of say, okay, I need to shut up, listen, know my place, show respect, uh, be disciplined enough to keep coming back. There was some part of me that knew I needed that, I guess. Um, so yeah, so after class, sometimes I'd find myself you know, crying, just, you know, we'd go out to the car and just, God, it was just, it was really, really hard uh, to transform, but I knew I needed it. It was just growing up. So um, that's why I, I could never, I would never bash the people involved. Um, they were patient with me and they put up with my attitude and uh, helped guide me to, a, a, I think, a more mature place and uh, again, changed my life. So yeah, so I, during that time, felt that I was getting stronger. I did feel that I was being challenged. Um, it did appeal to me on all of those kinds of character building levels, which most uh, mainstream martial arts is supposed to do. Taekwondo, right? Judo, uh, sure. karate do. It's the way of living, which is still happy life. I'm, I've always been a big fan of that, uh, how it's changing my life. Um, and then it was just later on that I started looking at the curriculum and saying like, okay, well, what parts of this challenge me to change my character? And am I still getting enough of that to keep going? And that's where I started falling away from the Taekwondo because in the beginning, everything's a challenge physically and emotionally. Um, but then after a while, when I started getting my emotional house in order and I could just come down to the fighting aspects of it, which is what I was interested in the self-defense aspects. I said, well, gee, the way this is, presented. I'm not sure if I'm getting enough challenges to my fighting skills or the training time is not being used in the best way for me to achieve my goals. So I might want to find another training methodology if one exists. So that's when I went out looking to see, well, what are other schools doing? And can I achieve, continually con uh, achieve new character development and new fighting skills in a different system? And I did. 
Does that answer your question? It was a bit of a babble. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. It was very, it was very lucid, and it was very, it was very helpful. And I, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you being as, you know, forthright and, and, and open. So you you posted in December this as as it's certainly not a standalone video. You have a very successful uh, channel. You I think you have probably upwards of close to three hundred thousand subscribers. Um, you have your your videos all have um, numerous people that that watch them. In posting the video, why I quit Taekwondo and Aikido, did you have an understanding at the time that you posted it that it would um, sort of generate uh, the type of discussion that it has? And I have to say, you know, one of the things in reading the forums, um, I think I'm probably more in tune to it than from speaking to you than based than than you are as it relates to effect in this in the community is none of it was aggressive or negative and you know taekwondo people that i've been experienced and exposed to uh are very respectful um true true martial artists are all very respectful so the discussion it was a healthy discussion um Good. but it was a vigorous discussion it was a robust discussion it was um it was uh, certainly not something that was just passed over uh, and there were numerous comments back and forth from people in various social media forums. Did you have any understanding or any idea at the time that you posted it that that, that, that would be the result? Was that the intent or was that is that just a byproduct? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't know. Nobody understands YouTube. I, or if someone does, I don't. they haven't sure. shared it with me. And if you look actually at the last year's videos, uh, I didn't really have a hit, quote-unquote, video all year. I'd made... You know, I don't make that many videos a couple of months, but uh, I didn't have a, a, success, a big video all year. And right at the end of the year, I thought, well, I'll throw up one more. And um, it was actually based on an old article I'd written before I made videos, like seven years ago or six years ago, I'd written this article. Same title, just, you know, why I quit Taekwondo. And, um, sure. you know, I just thought, well, I was kind of going back to some of my old material, like, well, what could I turn into a video? And I thought, well, before the year's over, I'll just clean some old old files up here. Let me just shoot this one. And um, yeah, it was funny because I, I released the video, then immediately went to, uh, on my Christmas uh, holiday vacation with the wife. And then I was on my phone the whole time because it blew up. And all I had were these comments and comments and comments. I was like, holy smokes. So half of my Christmas basically was uh, trying to respond to everybody because I didn't, uh, I didn't want to leave it hanging. Like, uh, you know, I wanted to respond to people angry or agreeing either way, just to, just to be, take part in that conversation. I wasn't aware that it was in any other forums. I'm, I'm only looking at YouTube. I didn't know about what you're saying about these sure. Taekwondo forums. I should probably take a look. I, I'm not a member, I think. So uh, yeah, thanks for the heads I up. Can, I can always – no, I, I, I certainly can send them to you. Well, that's interesting. And, and again, we haven't – and I do want to spend a, a couple of moments to go over the content of the video. But in terms of uh, the comments that you had received, uh, the ones that you said you, you used the term uh, angry, I'm curious. Did you find that people that had um, – that objected to the video or the uh, – or yes. what you had posted was related <laughs> – to people who had actually um, gone through and taken the time to fully uh, listen to the entire content, or was it more based upon the title, or just based upon the concept in general? What was? Do they fall into, or do they fall into categories? Oh, absolutely. Of categories, of course. Um, you know, I think there's like 200 and I can't remember now, 70,000 views right now on that video. So of course you're going to run the gamut of reactions. Um, but I'll just cut right to the chase. I mean, one of my instructors at the time turned out to be kind of offended by the video. Um, my main instructor has passed away since, um, God rest his soul. Um, but one of the other instructors I'd found out like, oh, he'd been kind of hurt by the video. And that, that obviously, well, I guess it's not obvious. That was not my intention at all. And I was very careful, I thought, in the video to frame everything as look, I, I respect all martial arts. I love martial arts. And if anyone's training in Taekwondo, 
wonderful. I encourage anyone to keep training in anything that you're doing. I would rather see people training in an art that I don't train in than not training at all. Everyone has different goals. Everybody wants something different out of their training experience. And I'm not here to tell anyone that they're making a mistake. I was just sharing my experience because I have found through most of the comments that um, other people have had a similar experience. And like anything that we go through in life, when you find out that you're not alone feeling a certain way, it makes you feel better about your own feelings. You don't feel like, well, it didn't work out for me and I'm a weirdo. There's something wrong with me. Uh, No, 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 no. By letting people know that I also felt frustrated and I also felt that it wasn't meeting my needs, um, I have found the majority of comments have been mostly people who feel like, yeah, you know, I had a similar experience and it could have been in Kempo, it could have been in Kung Fu. It's certainly not a Taekwondo issue specifically. It's just a training methodology uh, methodology issue. And um, as a teacher... Um, who wants other people to get what they want out of their training and build a happy life. I'm very interested in that project of how to present material in a way that gets people what they want. So that's really sure. the main issue of the video. That, and that makes a lot of sense, and it does. And, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very interested in, in getting into the next part of it. And again, one of the things I do want to reiterate that uh, I really do appreciate you. you uh, I have to say that uh, to our listeners, which you know, we're, we, we are in connected to martial artists all over the world, mm. Taekwondo practitioners of, of, of every style. We're in 160 countries. Congratulations um, on that. Print and digital. It's, wonder, it's wonderful. And, you know, in speaking to you, when I reached out to you, and I had reached out to people on somewhat controversial topics, even though we don't take a controversial approach to it, mm-hmm. that in reaching out to you, you were inviting, you were receptive, and you were unqualified in, in having this conversation. I think it's important for, for my audience to understand that there was no precursor or preconditions to the conversation that, hey, I'll, I'll talk to you, but um, I need to see the questions first. Or, hey, no. I'll talk to you, but I won't, <laughs> I won't talk about this. That you were very, very open to, hey, um, I, I'm always happy to talk to somebody who has an interest in the martial arts and an interest in what we talk about. Yep. And I really do respect that. And I think that that speaks a lot to, to your character and, and, and makes me really uh, justify my decision for wanting to speak to you to begin with. So I, I have to thank you for that and, well, and let you. my audience know that. Thank you for giving me a so, chance to talk about it. I think it's wonderful. Thank you for no, being positive. No, no absolutely. And, and I certainly um, I unpacked the video, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it, and I, and I understood the video. Um, my, my journey to, uh, in Taekwondo, I've been in Taekwondo about 35 years. Mm. Um, I, I did leave, leave uh, for a while. Um, when I became, you know, when I, my, my business was building up, I got married and I had children, and I ended up coming back and, the only thing that I've, I've dealt with in, in my years is regretting that gap of time. I've, mm. I've always regretted that, the gap of time, and, and you can't make up for it. You can only go forward. But yes, sir. You, you cited, you cited two, two reasons that you, you left Taekwondo. First of all, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about a comment that you made in the video, because I, mm-hmm. I did watch the video several times. And while much of the video is clear to me, there is one comment that you made that wasn't completely clear to me. And okay. I wanted to give you the opportunity to the extent that you can to explain it if you don't mind. Which sure. You said early in the video, I earned my black belt in Taekwondo, but I never wore it. Mm. And I didn't fully understand. I don't know if you recall that at the beginning of yes. the video, if, there was, if, if, if there's a specific meaning to that. I assume it wasn't a literal because you didn't seem to stop after your, you know, there are those folks that achieved the black belt and that's their last day of studying any martial art. Obviously, yes. that's not the situation with you. But if you don't mind, if you could explain it, it, uh, what, what, what you meant by that. Sure. Um, I, 
I went to the black belt test. I earned the black belt, so I did put it on at the test. Um, but then I ended up moving to Los Angeles right after, like within the the next month. So, um, oh, so so oh, so it liter- so what a literal. So you really did it. Literally, we, yeah. We, so we, literally, that, that was, okay. I had the so nice belt. I had the nice certificate. And um, and and to be fair, when I moved to Los Angeles, I started looking for taekwondo schools because hey i'm a young guy just earned my black belt i'm proud of myself you don't want to let that go so um moving from the east coast to the west coast at that time uh itf was you know toronto is where uh the main school was and i was in buffalo so i was an itf guy and when i came out to the west coast california los angeles it was all wtf so right off the bat it was different forms a different kind of deal going on so that was like the first little stumbling block like uh oh i'm not sure if this curriculum looks like i'm looking for either um there was i did find one i believe two schools that would honor my rank and say oh, well we'll recognize your first don and you can continue which of course was very appealing my ego is like oh boy i can come in sure. as a black belt and sure. start from there so um but again my reservations were stronger than my ego. Uh, and I said, yeah, but still what I'm watching in this class, what I'm seeing you guys doing is not what I want. And, um, so I, I went around, kept looking until I found what I, what I did want. And, um, so that's what I mean. I still have the black belt. I have the certificate. They're here, uh, in my office, but, um, I never got to actually say, okay, I'm a black belt sure. in my uniform and let's do class together. I, that part I didn't do. Yeah, that's no, that, I mean. that, 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 that makes, that makes perfect sense. And that, that does explain it. Um, it does clarify it for, for me and I, hopefully for anybody else who, who didn't fully understand the context. Now, let me ask you a question because as we're talking, these things are coming to light and, and what you say about the availability of if, if you're going to go to a new dojang and, uh, you're going to study, even if they're going to recognize your black belt, if the curriculum is completely different, you're essentially starting over to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, it, it really is very sensible to me to say, all right, at that point, maybe I need to reevaluate everything. Do you feel that if you had walked into a uh, prominent ITF dojang in that area where the preliminary curriculum was basically what you had already understood and, and studied, and now you were at a point to build on that as a black belt, that you would have been more inclined to continue at least short term with Taekwondo as opposed to changing styles at that time? Uh, anything is possible. Of course, this is all hypothetical. So it is possible. And it would have started with like, well, who's this teacher? And ultimately, what? why do you sign up anywhere? You see people who either you want to be like or they're doing something you want to do. And I don't care what the flag is outside or what the style name is, either I'm looking to the advanced people and the teacher and saying, yep, that's for me or not. And uh, it's possible in theory that I could have walked into an ITF school where someone had that background and their curriculum was set up and the way the class format was run that I would say, oh, my God, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I didn't find that. But, yes, of course, I I was open-minded. And, again, I wouldn't want to – put my black belt down if I didn't have to. So, uh, yeah, sure. In theory, yes, absolutely. I, I had nothing against, again, the art as a whole. It was just kind of the way some schools set up their curriculum and use their training time wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to go. It's as simple as that. that that's, and that's fair, and I definitely want to get, get into that. I want to talk to you about the first that, – that's sort of the second reason, right? But in the first reason, one of the things that you talked about was the fact that and, – and, and I have been there, and I have said to – often that if I understood going in Taekwondo, perhaps I wouldn't have, have uh, started with Taekwondo because I, am, I have short legs. I'm tall, but I have short legs. Mm. I'm not the most flexible person in the world. Uh, I am not someone who, who is leaping 
Uh, I always say about my Taekwondo practice that uh, I've been doing it for 30 years, and the one thing I have now at my age is the excuse for all the things that I couldn't do even when I was 25 years old. <laughs> um, so, however, as, I, as I've got, gotten into it, I've come to expect different things from the ta- my Taekwondo practice, and I've come to expect different things from, from myself. Um, so I don't necessarily measure it in exactly the same way. Sure. From your perspective, and looking at it now that you are a more senior martial artist, obviously, than you were uh, at the time that you made the decision to switch, do you still feel that the expectation for you would be in staying in Taekwondo that you would need to maintain that ultimate flexibility and that you would have difficulty, the natural difficulty of aging and being a, uh, I'm a 50-year-old martial artist, of being a 50-year-old martial artist, uh, that, that, that those struggles would be as uh, in your consciousness at, at this point as maybe you felt at the time that you made the change looking at the future? Does that make sense in terms sure. of my, my question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because in the video I say maybe this was a silly reason because I was a young guy projecting forward and it's impossible to know how your body's going to hold up decade after decade. Now I am turning 50 in a couple months. So, um, but I do believe I'm in the best shape of my life right now. So it's an interesting question to say, well, if you had stayed in Taekwondo, would you still be able to do a spinning hook kick? Would you still be able to do those long, big stances that we used to do in ITF? And at this point, I still do high kicks, and I can still do a spinning hook kick, and I still can get down low. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think I'm doing better than ever. On the other hand, I haven't had the tens of thousands of reps of doing high explosive kicking uh, and had that kind of, uh, I don't want to say herky-jerky, but that kind of uh, pop. In the, in the forms, um, I've taken a lot of the stress off of my body, so I'm not exactly a, a pure sample group <laughs> um, sure. because I have changed my training. And I would say that when I look at people, again, looking, looking to seniors and teachers to see where are they and is that where I want to go, which was part of my thinking back then because the guys in their 30s and a, and a couple older, a couple 40s and 50s, to see how they were struggling is what really woke me up like, whoa. Because as a young guy, you think, I, I could do this forever. I'm, I can do it. But when I saw the older students having problems, that's when it really woke me up to say, wait a minute. Do you want to be exactly like that 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Do you want to be limping a little or holding your back or withdrawing from training sometimes because you say your hamstrings are too tight or I don't want to be that guy. And even now when I look at old clips of Kanazawa, who's a famous Shotokan practitioner, which is, you know, very similar to the old ITF. Um, sure. he, ended up, he ended up doing Tai Chi in his older age. My Taekwondo headmaster, you know, I see him he's doing soft forms and he's doing Tai Chi and you're like, well, if the older guys <laughs> who've been around, sure, trash in their bodies found that the internal arts or a lower kicking style or a softer style is something they can do in their old age. Maybe if I get a head start on that now in my twenties, by the time I get to be older, I'll be really good at that stuff and not just sort of, well, this is all I can do. And I feel bad about all the stuff that I can't do anymore. I don't want to even open up that psychology of, Hey, let me get great at something that I won't be able to do 10 years from now because that hurt. <laughs> I think. Sure. No, no, no. I, I, I do agree with that. I do. And you know, it's interesting because uh, I, I have a, a great belief and, and I, I don't know if you, sh- you share this is that certainly we can't unlearn what we learn. Right. And there's certain principles in, in the study of martial art that transcend any style, right? There's certain mm. things that are, yes. that are universal so that 
And I think the essence of true mixed martial arts is not somebody who studies a, a piecemeal uh, form of study that has like a little bit of, of things. It's generally somebody who has a true base in one style, whatever that style is, and achieves a certain amount of proficiency, black belt level. And then when you move on to another style, that you are essentially set up for, su- for success. Mm-hmm. So that the ability to study the other styles that you've studied afterwards Certainly, it comes from your um, your drive and your desire, but to some degree, to understand the parameters of everything that's going on in, in context comes from, in my opinion, the fact that you had a black belt in a style. It happens to have been Taekwondo, yes. but that you had a, a, a black belt and a certain amount of proficiency. I don't want to say mastery because you weren't there yet at that Not time. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, but proficiency in a style. So you would agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, that's why when people, I get emails all the time from people saying, oh, what style should I study? What's the best style? Um, And I always tell them, just start anywhere. Because like you said, the first things that you learn are applicable everywhere. Everywhere you go, you're going to have to learn to shut up and learn. Anywhere you start, you're going to have to learn how to make peace with your body and start coordinating. Anywhere you go, you're going to have to start getting over the fear of getting hit or falling. Um, You're going to have to deal with different types of personalities and work with them, whether you like them or not. All of the most important lessons you can learn anywhere in any style at any time. So I absolutely 100% agree with that. It's only after you get through that's exactly what I was uh, referring to earlier. That's why Taekwondo was so important to me and I would never bash it because that was the place where it, uh, my life got changed. And because it changed my life, it made me very, uh, maybe a little bit wiser about what's my next step. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I, I don't regret a single day taking the Taekwondo at all or taking sure. Aikido. I was taking Aikido as well, and I don't regret a day there. Um, and it's easy for people outside of martial arts or already steeped into their own martial arts to say, well, that's a McDojo, and that's a waste of time, and that doesn't work in real life. It's like, well, whoa, whoa, you're talking about very small technical issues that we're not even talking about right now. I'm talking about can you even be a student? Can you learn? Do you know sure. how to learn? Can you get in line and show up and have the discipline to accomplish a goal, which is why I didn't move to L.A. until I got my black belt, which is why I didn't wear it, because I waited in Buffalo, even though we could have moved earlier. I said, no, no, I, I want to wait till I finish this black belt, then we'll move, because I, rep- I, I, I felt like that's the least I can do just to show respect to this process and kind of put a, at least at that milestone, um, put a little end to that. But I felt so empowered knowing I could achieve a black belt and get that off of my ego list. Like, okay, you did that. Now that's not your excuse for choosing a new school. You can already say you're a black belt. So you're open again. You're free again to really start being wise about what do you want now. And, um, yeah, I don't regret a single day of it. I totally agree. Um, as long as you're training somewhere in something, you're going to be learning. A great student can learn anywhere. And then the, the smarter you get, the better choices you can make as you go farther. That's great. That's great. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about the second, the second part, which I do understand. And I think that for me, I've seen a great change in, in, in some of this. Now, the, the, the second reason that you've outlined is about the fact that, and I'm going to sort of sum it up and, and correct me as I'm wrong, is that sure. you talk about it being four arts in one, but what we're, to some degree what you're talking about is the fact that the curriculum is, in many Taekwondo schools, is extremely, it's a diverse curriculum. There's mm-hmm. elements of sparring, board breaking, free sparring, one steps, self-defense. There's a lot of stuff in a very little time, right? Most people don't go to class every single day and don't mm-hmm. spend hours training, so there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, and very little time to get proficient in those in, in short bursts. 
and the fact that you've raised the issue that there are some somewhat divergent uh, philosophies in those various methodologies. While, while there may be, particularly in more traditional forms, there may be certain things that are very different from sparring, right? We might have a, especially you talk about Shotokan and, and traditional Taekwondo forms, you may have a very, very wide, low base to the ground for the things that you're doing. But in sparring, that's perhaps the complete opposite of what you're right. doing. And that from your perspective, there's the notion that there was just a little bit too much of this going on without the ability to fully tie those things together and, and master any one of those things. Is that, is, is, does, is that ac- accurately sum up sort of the, what you're feeling in terms of your second reason as to why it is that you, you walked away before we go on to discussing that a little further? Absolutely. Yep. 100%. I, I, like you said, most people, and that's who I'm talking about, uh, most people don't have the ability to train every day, all day. If you do, then there is a greater chance that you can connect some dots and put things together um, to make all these divergent ways of training make sense. If you're a pro boxer, you have all day. You can hit that heavy bag. You can go for a run. You can lift weights. You can jump. You can hit pads. You can do all kinds of things that are different, double end bag, rhythm bag, all kinds of speed bag. Um, But uh, in the end of the day, because that's all you're doing all day, you can tie all those things together and get the small benefits from that little drill and that little drill, and it makes a difference. But if you're coming into class two times a week, three times a week for an hour, hour and a half, um, to have 10 minutes of this, 15 minutes of that, uh, it's very difficult, I think, for most people, if you're looking to gain proficiency in one particular idea area. Again, if most people just want a social outlet or a chance to have a little fun exercise that's different than a treadmill, or if they just like the community that they're in, fantastic, then just keep doing it. I would, the longer I stayed in martial arts, though, the more I still wanted to come back to kind of the Bruce Lee thing of like, I just want to be a confident guy who can control a situation with my body if I have to. And I don't care what you call it or what, what, the, what the move looks like. I just want to get the job done to protect myself, protect my family. So, with the Taekwondo, um, it was, okay, well, here's this list of fine points for all of these forms, uh, the Chang Han series of forms and the ITF. Uh, uh, there's 24 forms in all. You have to know all these forms. And every move's got these little technical points, which is fine if those technical points also informed my sparring. But like you said, it didn't. It was completely different. It's a very different body feel, a different rhythm. Um, the habits that you're building are completely different. And that's not to say that all schools are set up like that because nowadays, particularly, this is going back 26 years, nowadays there is a renaissance with old karate um, and trying to find the bunkai, the interpretations of movement, so that, look, that's not a downward block. That could be a takedown. Oh, look, that's not an inward block. That could be an arm break. Nowadays, it's um, a little bit easier to connect some of the dots. Uh, but back then, there was still a lot of mystery about, well, do this move just because I told you so, or do the move because you're blocking a punch on this side while you're blocking a kick on that side, even though we all know that would never happen and could never happen. Um, but we just kind of say, well, that's the forms. That's the way that is. Now, let's go over here, do some sparring. Now, there's rules to the sparring, and there's a certain way you get points if you're in a tournament that you have to follow. Now, let's go talk about self-defense where, hey, you do what you got to do. And it's like, okay, and now here's some one steps you have to memorize. And now there's that frustration and uh, stress that you're going to forget something. Um, It just became so fractured that I found it very hard to gain momentum in getting what I wanted out of it. Um, And I would think, 
for anyone who's looking for, if you want to be a forms competitor, then obviously when you go to class, you want to just deal with forms. Maybe sparring is a waste of time for you. Um, if you just want to be a champion fighter, um, then maybe you look at the forms like, well, that's not what I'm participating in, so I, I would rather have more time just doing the sparring aspect of it. So, you know, in a sense, that diverse curriculum is, is kind of like a liberal arts education. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah. But at some point, if you want to go to graduate studies, you've got to pick. Okay, it's philosophy. Okay, it's English. That's what I want is poetry. Okay, it's going to be French Renaissance poetry. You start getting more and more specific to what you actually are great at or you love and that's the way it should be. So I value Taekwondo for exposing me to several different aspects of how martial arts training can be done. And, uh, but it was only natural to start saying, okay, now that I've had this wonderful uh, sample platter, I'd like to order one particular thing from here and go in that direction. That, that, that's great. And, and I think that, that this is a great discussion. And I do think that in terms of reading all the, the comments that I saw, that there, were, there was a greater understanding, I think, of this, particularly of this part of um, the things that you had expressed to those people that it seemed to have actually fully um, gone through and, and, and listened to the video. And I do understand your point. And, I th and to sort of play devil's advocate to some d degree, um, Please. My, pers my perspective on it is that I, I come from a traditional uh, base of only adult practice, right? Where, where when I started practicing, there were no children even allowed to be in the classes. Mm. And the mentality and, and the mental maturity of, of the folks there were uh, designed so that we had the ability to practice a move, you know, figuratively 10,000 times to, to get that, that right. Mm -hmm. And in today's, in today's group, which is much more inclusive and there's much more benefit to uh, exposing our, particularly our children to the philosophies of the dough, right, and of the discipline and, and of the art, is that for those types of much more simplistic curriculums that do less, it's boring for them, right? And I think studies mm. tend to show that the number one reason that people leave martial arts training is they get bored um, mm. it, as part of it, is that there is a, 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 there, there, there's a greater need to keep a curriculum as it relates to children in particular uh, more dynamic and, and more involved. And the other aspect of that is it gives people an opportunity to dabble in what it is that they feel more comfortable with. I, for one, have never been somebody who uh, enjoyed sparring. Mm. I did it because it's part of the curriculum, and there's some value to that for me because of the fact is, is that I forced myself or was forced to do something that was harder for me. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the, the, the forms more. Um, Self-defense, I think, is terrific. And, and again, I agree with you. I think in order to have great value on the street, for somebody to walk out of any dojang or any uh, martial arts program and feel that they can adequately defend themselves against a knife, against a kick, against a punch, that you sort of do have to take the Bruce Lee, you know, I fear the man who does one <laughs> kick 10,000 times than the man who does 10,000 <laughs> kicks. But I sort of do understand that for me, I would say that while I recognize a lot of the same concerns as you, is that perhaps the, the training environment that I was in had a lot of high-level people that were, that were there for a very long time. So that as I advanced, it was sort of the pyramid effect. So that as my training uh, got greater and I became a second degree and a third degree, that I ended up in a situation where my training had – I had the ability to focus on the aspects of that training that were more – the things that I wanted to be able to have greater proficiency with within the environment of the same. My, my experience is a little different from because I've been in the, basically in the same environment for, for 35 years. But I do understand 
your your perspective on it. But I don't. I mean, I do, in terms of the things that I've outlined and things that I've that I've t- talked about, do, do those things sort of ring true in terms of what your um, exposure sure. is in terms of and, and what you've witnessed over the course of 20, 30 years? Sure, of course. I mean, uh, I, I think it's wonderful that you found mentors in a community that support your goals. And um, forms to you are something meaningful and something uh, pleasurable, then of course, why would you leave if you're getting what you want? And if the sparring is just a small price to pay, uh, okay. And I'm, I'm sure that you value the sparring on some level. You say, well, like you said, it makes you do something uncomfortable. And, um, and there's, there's great merit in that. That's part of the character building that we all have to go through. So, yeah, absolutely. As far as um, appealing to children or a more inclusive class where, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I, to see the traditional arts struggling in the modern day is just heartbreaking because I do recognize the value in them. Um, it changed my life and I, I'm sure traditional arts would change other lives. So I hate sure. seeing so many adults fly away from uh, a Taekwondo program or a karate program or a Kung Fu program chasing, you know, MMA. Um, not that MMA can't be taught in a respectful way with belts and uh, hierarchy and respect and discipline. Of course it can. I'm not a, a hater of MMA either, but um Speaking firsthand, like I knew exactly what that Taekwondo environment was like. I, I wish more people were open to that again, or it wasn't obviously, you know, many people make fun of it nowadays. And here and there, you have an MMA star who comes in with a little Taekwondo or a little karate background, and we say, Yay, go traditional martial arts. But uh, by and right. large, you know, the pendulum has really swung, swung away from that traditional lineup. And like you say, that now you have kids in the class, and it's difficult for. A young guy, like back when I was, I mean, there were some younger kids in the class, but you always felt strange lining up next to a six-year-old on one side sure. and an 80-year-old on the other side, and you're in the middle, and I've got my own issues, and I'm like, I can't relate to either one of these two. So you come back to your instructor, and like, well, hopefully I can relate to you at least. Tell me that I'm not wasting my time here. Give me some faith in what I'm doing. But actually, for that reason, I've never joined a tap dance class. I've always wanted, to, <laughs> I've always sure. wanted to learn tap dance. It looks like a hell of a lot of fun. But every time I go over to a dance school and sit outside to kind of, oh, this is the tap class. It's always a bunch of young girls, and I'm like, well, I can't go in there. This is ridiculous. So, <laughs> sure. Um, I, sure. I, I hope that never happens with Taekwondo, uh, or, or that if that trend of the traditional arts not being as popular, I fear that's what it is. You get the young guy looking for direction, like I was driving up to a school and if all you see are little kids jumping around you think well I can't relate to that that's not what I want so then they do go look for another art and so yeah I probably wouldn't have stumbled into uh, if it was mostly a kid's school I probably wouldn't have stumbled into Taekwondo in the first place um, I was lucky that there were enough adults there like you seem to have had sure. um, there was enough sure. of a community that you either wanted you could either relate to directly as peers or you could look up to like wow you guys are cool you're my mentors um we're all looking for familiarity on some level either i want to aspire to be something or i need to see that we are the same we are something together um but i yeah i don't know now i'm, now I'm a little lost here I, getting sentimental no no no. i i no i i, I and i hear you and you know what's interesting is a, a two points is we sort of are you know in the interest of time are sort of winding down and one is that you know in, in my experience, in, and I can't, we, we share this, is that I think that teaching somebody the skills of fighting without the dough part, without the, the balance, is like giving somebody a loaded gun without t- teaching them the proper way to respect a firearm. And I've seen it, and I've seen that there are folks that get involved in certain MMA 
uh, environments where they become very proficient fighters, but don't have the overall traditional respect for their ability to fight and what it means. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. So for me, particularly as a father of four, it was very, very important to me that my children more than learning necessarily how to, to fight or how to be gold medalists, that they were in an environment where the traditional aspects of, as you said, learning that the humility and the the approach to it is is so important and and the and the hierarchy of it and and a mutual respect um, and being treated with respect and and and, and respecting the the dojang. I spoke uh, last week with a, a really wonderful uh, young lady who is a, a stunt woman and who had trained in in Japan and she said to me. Uh, one of the things that she loved about training there was that after it didn't matter who you were, whether you were, whether you were a master or white belt, but that uh, you were once you finished your training technique, everybody got on their hands and knees and cleaned the dojang and emptied the garbage mm. pails, and and it was that respect for the environment and understanding the environment that she really really loved about um, whether or not the training was better or worse that she she really felt that that was so important. And I certainly do agree with that. And I think, you know, from listening to you, that that's something that we, we, we share that the, the value of whatever it is of a traditional environment for martial arts training, because we could all learn to fight. We could learn to fight on, on the street. We could learn to fight in our garage. Sure. But we do it in, in these environments because there is the perpetuation of, of, traditional values, which I, I think is very important. And that's one of the reasons why I've been involved not only in the martial arts, but in this platform of, of martial arts media for such a long time. Mm. I appreciate all of that. And, um, and I, to be fair, I would say I've met some wonderful people in MMA uh, and in traditional martial arts. I've also met some colossal jerks in MMA and traditional martial arts, you know, sure, which, sure. Is, which comes back to the bigger thought about how you're a person first and then you're a martial artist second and uh the when you're learning how to fight um that's either going to change you or it's just going to reinforce what you already are and you have to be coming into whatever training environment you are as a student saying i'm open to letting go of what i think i know and what i who i think i am and let this experience affect me and then see if I like the way it's affecting me or not. And then you have to be your own sensei, in a sense, your own sabonim to kind of say, okay, uh, this is the right direction or this is not the right direction. I'm getting more aggressive and angry and becoming a short-tempered jerk, or am I becoming more patient and humble and respectful and controlled? Um, it's up to each of us to monitor that. I don't blame any particular system or style for creating jerks or creating saints. Ultimately, that responsibility is within us. Um, that's, I think, the ultimate lesson of martial arts. It's self-reliance. It's self-defense. You have to take care of yourself. So I don't like blaming or giving credit to any style for what is ultimately a personal journey, personal decision-making. And um, when you find people who – that's why it's so important to find people that are representing the kind of ideals that you like and you want to aspire to so that you can say, well, how did you do this? If I was just back as a kid saying, oh, there's Bruce Lee. Boy, he seems confident. I want to be that confident. How did you do that? Oh, martial arts is part of it? Well, then let me get into martial arts and see what happens. That's how it all starts. You know, we kind of, I think, I hate to quote Hannibal Lecter, but <laughs> you kind of covet, <laughs> you, you covet what you see. You want what you see. And, um, and then that changes you. If you're open to it, then that changes you as you start to pursue it. And then as you pursue it, you want something else. 
And uh, that was my nutshell story with the Taekwondo. When I started, I liked what I saw. And then as I got changed through that experience, I said, oh, now I want something else. I can, now I know more about myself and I know more about what I can do. So I want to go in this direction now. And, um, and that continues every day, right? I mean, your diet changes, your, sure. uh, your feelings change about certain people or certain places. And uh, we all grow as human beings. And that's all of our quest to build a happy life. And I think we all can agree on that. We just have to give ourselves that freedom to change and um, have the bravery and the courage to open ourselves up to experiences that will help us do that. And that's where martial arts can be very helpful. And I want to ask you, before I give you the opportunity to give us a, some more information on how to get in touch with you and, and to follow you, the one thing that I really wanted to sort of bring out in this whole discussion was, and one of the things that came to my mind, which I think I wanted to give you the opportunity to speak on, is we all we all along our Taekwondo, along our black belt journey in any style, we come to places, impasses, uh, hurdles, and struggles. And the one thing that we always teach is about perseverance and about overcoming and the value of overcoming that obstacle. And Mm. the one thing that I wanted to make clear, which has been very clear, but I wanted to give you the chance to articulate is that in, in all that you're saying, that your message is certainly not when the going gets tough, find another style. Mm-mm. That that has nothing to do with the message that you're not at all that you're that you're bringing out. And what would be your message for people? Because you've certainly, I'm sure, along that all of your, your your journey, that you've come up against that veritable brick wall, that 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 hurdle. And and how is it that you've uh, approached it, and how is it that you would suggest that other folks uh, uh, approach that, short of picking up your bag and saying, all right, I'm going to go across the street where they train a little bit easier? <laughs> um, absolutely. That is a really great question because you have to figure out when something is difficult and there's a challenge and you're getting frustrated and you're getting angry or even crying in your car. <laughs> um, sure. You've got to ask yourself, is this pain that I'm experiencing something that's like a growing pain that's going to help me in the long run, like getting a tooth pulled? uh, Or is this a pain that's coming because it's just not what I want? It's actually hurting me. It's not getting me in the direction of my goals. And that comes down to that soul searching and that reflection, the self-knowledge, which is part of this whole project, uh, to know the difference. For most people, uh, I would always give the advice when you get to those little stumbling blocks and you're, and you're crying for a moment, recognize that you need the breakdown to have a breakthrough. Those go together. You can't get the breakthrough without the breakdown. So um, I would always suggest that, okay, this is really difficult. I'm, I can't remember these forms for this next belt test. I, I feel very frustrated. It's okay. Stick in there. My advice would be to stick in there one more time. And see if you're getting the reward that you hope for just by sucking it up one more time. And if you're not, then that's okay. Give yourself permission to say, let me try something else. You can always come back. The beautiful thing about, I think, most, most places where we live today and the freedoms that we enjoy in this country, certainly, it's okay if you say, you know what, this last test has been really traumatic for me or the sparring has been really horrible for me. I need a month off. And you go away and see if you miss it. See if you're still shadow boxing in your head. See if you're still kind of practicing your forms just out of the enjoyment of it. Maybe you were motivated earlier by something that was wrong or something that wasn't long lasting. But when you separate yourself out for a second and you reassemble, 
you come back to it with a different motivation. You go, oh, you know what? I was doing this all wrong. I, I was thinking about just getting that belt, and I should have been thinking about, I just want to feel better balanced in my body. That's why I signed up. Most people, I don't think, really think about belts and awards and trophies when they first sign up. They come to martial arts for confidence, or I just want to get in shape a little bit, or gosh, I feel like I'm afraid all the time. I just want to get to know how to use my body better so I can run or fight. Um, it's very primal, simple goals. And then when sometimes you get into a curriculum, it becomes about, oh, I have to memorize everything. I have to be best in the class. I want a trophy. I want to, you know, I want that next belt. I want to be the highest guy. I want to teach the kids class. I want to, I want to have my own school someday. All these other motivations come into it. And then you're at war with yourself because you forgot the, the, the primal stuff that really is the best motivation. I just want to be a better person. I just want to be more brave. I just want to feel better about my life. If you focus on those things, I think that always calms everybody down. I get these emails all the time. I have a belt test coming up. I can't remember my forms. I'm freaking out. It's like, well, don't worry about it. Who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, right. Like get, get the reality check. Come back to your real goal. Your goal is not the belt. The belt is a symbol of the other goal, which is I want to prove to myself that I can follow through on my goals. I want to prove to myself that I'm tough. I want to prove to myself that I can not give up when the, when the going gets hard. Those are the things that matter and will last. The belts come, just like with money in business. Like Start with a good product. Serve people. Help people. And the money will come. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars. How do I do that? It's like, well, you might be able to pull that off, but, boy, that's going to be a very – very tricky path <laughs> that, do something that you can that is absolutely yeah. and i and i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more and i think that you you really um you, you touched on on some really important things and and i couldn't agree more and i agree with you and we always talk about this uh you don't pursue the the the, the money pursue the passion and the money will come yeah and the same thing with martial arts training and 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 that's why i think sometimes people get jammed up when they even when they do forms right if they if they relax and they manage them they'll do their sometimes they overthink because they're so tense and then they block themselves yep. and then they can't get through the form so I absolutely and that's and it's t terrific now in the interest of time what i wanted to do before i i wind up is give you an opportunity for folks that want to follow you um that want to find out more about how, how they can help achieve their uh, their happy their happy life um some of your instructional videos can learn a little bit about you where what is the best uh, place and we'll post a, a number of them on our um our show notes, but tell me what is the best place for, for people to look for um, Sensei Ando, Ando and uh, Happy Life Martial Arts? It's very kind of you, sir. Thank you again for giving me a chance to talk. Uh, there's, yeah, there's so many other conversations that this starts, so I'm all excited now, but uh, thank you again, Good. and, uh, and uh, if anyone's listened this far, all the wonderful listeners of TKD Life, then thank you for hanging in here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I would help hope that anyone would be comfortable coming to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just my name, Ando Merz, well, that's not easy to find, so just put in Ando, you'll find me. Um, my website properly is senseiando.com, but if you type in Fight for a Happy Life, that's my podcast. Uh, if you just put in Happy Life Martial Arts, that redirects to my website. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, all the normal places you can find me, and I'm always welcome to an email, a question, a comment. Love me, hate me. I, I really don't mind. Uh, I, these are all good conversations, and uh, I only fear that sometimes the messages get misunderstood. Like you said, maybe they see a title of a video, and right off the bat, that sets them off. Like, what? Quit Taekwondo. You're a quitter, and you're a hater, and you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, well, I understand some people have that kind of a hair trigger. I get it. But um, I do believe that in formats like 
this one that you've provided. Uh, I really do believe that martial artists have far more in common than we have different. Uh, we really are all on the same. We're all good people trying to improve our lives the best we can. And wherever you're doing that, uh, uh, God bless you. Keep up the training. Keep doing it. I, I, I'm full support of all martial arts, all martial artists. Uh, just do your thing. Um, and don't let the critics say, well, that's a McDojo and your style sucks. And don't, don't, uh, don't fall into that. If your life is being improved, by your efforts, and you feel you're getting value for what you're putting into it, then keep going. That's, that's it. great. <laughs> that, that's, that, is one, that is wonderful. I couldn't agree more. I do agree. I always say that there is, I agree that there's more that we have in common than what separates us Amen. As, as, as martial arts practitioners. Um, this conversation, again, I agree with you, could have gone on. I, I enjoyed speaking to you. Could have gone on for hours. Yes, sir. Thank you for really just getting, giving me the opportunity to to question you, to pick your brain, um, to give you the opportunity to expound upon what it is that you posted in, in your video, and and I think that your message is, is strong, your your attitude is positive, and that I really look forward to uh, following you. And uh, we welcome. I know you said that you've written. I certainly welcome uh, any submissions from you on technique, on on training, on, oh, thank on you. martial arts history. We certainly welcome them for our print and digital publication. So, Sensei Endo, I thank you for talking to us today. We, we wish you all the best, and we really look forward to um, following you in the, in the, in the future. And uh, while it may not have been your intention to raise this really uh, exciting and somewhat controversial conversation, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad that it happened, and I'm really glad that it put us together and gave us a chance to speak. Me too. Thank you very much, sir. And everyone, keep fighting for a happy life. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone. I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for del delivery and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences and it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products and shoppers will hand select your products they'll bag them up neatly and that they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window I have never had a problem with the products the groceries or the service from Instacart and if you follow the show notes and you let Instacart know that we sent you They'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it, and I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, 
but this is something I don't like to be without. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.